It's time for another episode of Bent News. When you need to know, get bent. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. And we're pretty excited to announce our involvement with the new film from Danny Garcia. It's called Nightclubbing, the birthplace of punk rock in New York City. And they're talking about one club in particular in this movie, the fantastic Max's Kansas City, the movie Nightclubbing, the first documentary about it. And it's not just where punk rock lived, it's where rock and roll lived. When I say lived, I mean sex and drugs and rock and roll and everything right there in the club at Max's Kansas City. It's where Alice Cooper signed his contract. It's where Aerosmith and Springsteen signed with Clive Davis to Columbia. It's where Bowie met Iggy. We've talked about Max's Kansas City a few times over the years when we've had our punk rock episodes and when we've talked about the early days of New York City and the scene. This club always comes up. And some of the stories that we've read over the years, some of the things that we've learned over the years are going to be highlighted in this movie. I am really excited to see it. I mean, Blondie. You have the Cramps, who had a long stay there. Bob Marley and the Whalers played their first American shows there. The Beasties earned their bones there. Something that I think is very important, Marcus, about Max's is it's the launching point, or one of them, for the New York LGBTQ community. And there's going to be a series of screenings starting in July. You can get the full list of locations and the screening information on our blog on imbalancehistory.com. And as part of the event, Marcus, they're going to be showing Sid, The Final Curtain, a short film documenting the final live performance of Sid Vicious at Max's Kansas City in September 78. Wow. Whoa. Now, for our friends, and we have a lot of them who listen to the podcast in the Philadelphia area, we'll be at a nightclubbing screening at Philly Mocha, 531 North 12th Street in Philly. That's on 12th between Spring Garden and Brandywine. And the details for that will also be on our blog. Obviously, Marcus, Danny Garcia has been a busy guy making two films, and we hope to have a chance to talk with him on the podcast soon about them. The Saga of the Vecna and Stranger Things 4 continues, Marcus. The song running up that hill in Stranger Things this new season, its importance is tied into the show, and it's wild how the writers were able to bring this song in, and then it's getting spun huge on pop radio. It's getting yeah. streamed like nobody's business. Yeah. And Crazy, right? It is. It's insane. But one of the things that I hope that comes out of this is people listen to some of her other albums like The Kick Inside or Lionheart or Never Forever or even The Dreaming. And these are all albums that I grew up listening to. Love her voice. And she's written some pretty incredible songs. It's really good to see this hype for Kate Bush and Running Up That Hill because it's a beautiful song. And it's not just like it's playing in the background, Marcus. It's part of the story at the last episode break. And so people were waiting around, and they just are now getting to see the next episode of Stranger Things 4. And just setting it up a little, 
Max is a pretty brave little uh, ginger who really saved the day on more than one occasion. Okay, she's young, right? She's in her teens. Mm -hmm. They all are, really. Yeah. When she encounters the Vecna, which is the creature that's taken over this town, right? Hawkins, where the whole thing is set. She's got her Walkman on. The old Sony Walkman saves the day. And what's in the cassette player? Running up that hill. And Vecna, like, recoils. It can't stand that sound. Oh, no, right? In the next episode, the first one of the second half of the season, they're trying to find her Kate Bush tape and her Walkman. She's in a trance, and Vecna's going to get her. He's going to get her. And they go running up that hill, literally. And they put the headphones on her, and they shove in the cassette, and they hit the play button. And all of a sudden, Vecna recoils as if they've been hit with some kind of, you know, poison laser beam or some shit. It's crazy. Awesome. The song is a weapon against evil. It's not just part of the soundtrack. And that's why it is a sensation with the people who love that show and all the young people who never heard that song before. They're thinking of it differently than even we did when we loved it when it first came out, Marcus. Would you like to join them? They can't help you, Max. You belong here with me. I know we don't have a break in this episode, but I need a beer and a change of socks. No shit. <laughs> so let's just keep moving forward with some rock news. The latest from Glastonbury. A premier music festival. History was made at Glastonbury on Saturday night. So Paul McCartney, at the age of 80, became the oldest person ever to headline the festival. From the west coast of America. The first guest star of the evening. Dave Grohl. Was a big surprise. How could I dance with another? This is a big moment because it's the first time that Dave Grohl has appeared on stage since the death of his drummer, Taylor Hawkins. And then Bruce Springsteen joined in the fun. So you're Paul McCartney, you're enjoying the moment, and a couple friends show up. Dave Grohl, Bruce Springsteen. By the way, Springsteen's been following uh, Paul around. I'm wondering if he's going to join his band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that Dave Grohl's getting back on stage. I know he's suffering so much and he's hurting so much right now from the loss of his best buddy. But hopefully he's finding this music and this camaraderie with his friends and Taylor's friends to be therapeutic and 
help him in the healing. And it's good because he's cracking the seal on sealing himself off from all of this in preparation for the shows in September. It's good. Somebody who had committed himself to retirement and then uncommitted himself along with his bandmates Motley Crue to retirement, Tommy Lee is in the news again. He of the road and the drums and the broken ribs. Did you hear how he did it? I was reading this this morning and I cannot believe he fell. Not just fell, down these stone steps I that know. his wife described as brutal. Yep. And she was talking about how she kept falling up them the whole week they're there and they're leaving. And he's trying to move luggage, and ah, ah, down he goes. Yep. And he broke four ribs, and he's been playing with the broken ribs. I don't know how he does that. How does he do the whole inverted drumming thing? I don't think that's possible when you've got broken ribs, right? I don't think he could pull that off with the broken ribs. And people have to understand, Tommy Lee's getting older, and as we get older, we lose our balance, and carrying things may throw us off and then going yeah. downstairs dude he's getting older this fall is totally a legit accident and i hope he has full recovery soon i know in the last two nights he played his first complete set with the band Sweet. and last saturday night they played in philadelphia and i heard all four bands tore it up that night so it was a great night of music for everybody who went and i'm glad that uh Everybody's back on track, and I hope Tommy Lee can start being inverted upside down while he bangs those drums soon. Well, the Philly faithful deserved what they got then, Marcus. I'll just say that. And one (laughs) final quote from T-Bone explaining to the crowd, I wish I had a fucking badass story like me and Conor McGregor fucking scrapping in some fucking bar or something, but I don't. Some sad news on the Bent News update this week, Marcus. We got the cause of death in the passing of Andy Fletcher of Depeche Mode. It was the Widowmaker, man. Ooh, the aortic dissection. Ooh, scares me, scares the shit out of me, that one. A lot of people's worst nightmare. Find some peace, DM fans. Buddy, there's a million new podcasts every year. Robert Plant is ending his Digging Deep podcast series. Very, very popular. Not as big as Dolly Parton's podcast was for a while there, but uh, he's decided not to do it anymore. And in his last episode, he talked about this unheard stack of Rockabilly records that he has. And I think he should go listen to the Rockabilly records, make a record, then come back and do a podcast about Rockabilly records. What do you think? I think that would be wonderful. We keep finding out these musicians that we love and listen to that are that are very involved in the history of rock and roll, and their early influences include obscure rockabilly. I always knew it was there, but just not to the extent that we've discovered in the last few months. It's crazy. It's the Bent News Update. Alan Parsons, with a new album coming out, was going to go out on the road, found out that he has a health issue that has forced him to change plans, and he had to have urgent spinal surgery. We wish him all the best for a full, full recovery. 20 years ago, whether we believe it or not, Marcus, is a long time. And it was 20 years ago this week that John Entwistle died with his boots on in a hotel in Las Vegas unexpectedly at age 57. I had just moved to Philadelphia when 
he had uh, passed away and had just begun my time at WMMR. It was wild being a newbie and then this happening like right off the bat. The band was up against it and they employed Pino Palladino who played with him for years on bass and he did his best. I remember that night when they came, I was covering the show for WMGK, went backstage with Michael Tiersen and met Robert Plant who is opening the show, man. There's a picture of it. I'll put it up on the socials. Whoa. All night. I kept thinking, waiting for my generation and wondering what it was going to be like. And it was okay. And I realized we were going to be able to move on as Who fans, even though we were all pretty sad. The Ox was cool. 20 years gone, John Entwistle of The Who. Recoup and Marcus Goldman on the Bent News Update. I have a question for you. Uh, do you know that there's an E Street Band Slipknot connection? I absolutely do. Well, I didn't, and I was reading an article the other day, and it said Slipknot drummer Jay Weinberg, and I went, what? He's <laughs> in Son of Max Weinberg. Jay is a talented kid, man. I love him. He filled in for Dad when uh, Max was having a heart issue years back, and I knew he was really talented from then, but I did not know that he was a member of Slipknot. You learn shit every day if you listen to this podcast or host it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've been really loving your work on putting together the Bob Marley and the Whalers episode, Kingston to the World, and I discovered an update about Junior Braithwaite, the lost whaler that we were discussing in that episode. As we mentioned, he lived in the U.S. in the Chicagoland area. But his death is this week's update. He and fellow musician Chaka Scott were shot dead at Scott's house in Kingston on June 2nd, 1999. Another shooting of a significant figure in Jamaican music. That's crazy. I had no idea when we recorded our Bob Marley episode that this was... uh what had happened to Junior, and his voice was so beautiful on the couple of songs that we got to listen to of his with the Wailers. He decided he wanted to do something different and made a life that he wanted, and then it ends this way. Well, Marcus, Monday is the 4th of July here in the United States of America, so we decided that we should do five favorites, our five favorites, songs of America to celebrate. I'm patriotically excited about this one. It will be a red, white, and blue banger for sure. Best advice, don't read too much into it and just enjoy the episode out Monday wherever you get your podcasts. And that's going to do it for this Bent News Update. I'm Ray Coop. I'm Marcus Goldman. And when you turkeys need to know... Get bent, turkey! Gobble, 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 gobble!